thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. This is the Kingdom Church Podcast. You're in the right spot. We believe this message is going to speak to your heart, speak to your situation. We hope this encourages and uplifts you. So here it is. Enjoy this message. Every single week we begin by reading a passage of scripture, and we do this for two, uh, two reasons. Number one, uh, we want you guys to know that everything we say here does not come from my authority, but it comes from the Bible. We're a Bible-believing church. And uh, number two, I always say I'm not creative enough to speak for 30 minutes out of my own head, so we need a good starting point. Uh, this morning, we are in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Uh, it's a, just a very short verse. Some of you guys heard Revelation, and you tightened up a little bit. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be good. Revelation 22, verse 17, it says this. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink, drink freely from the water of life. This is the verse that is going to set us in the direction we're going. We're beginning a brand new series here at church called Thirsty. Anyone excited for the next number of weeks? People, people ask me all the time, where do your sermon series, where do your sermon ideas come from? And I tell them it's always different. It's, it's different inspirations, sometimes at the gym, on the treadmill, sometimes listen to a song. Uh, this whole series actually came from a line of poetry. I, uh, I'm, I'm coming out of a, a certain closet. I'm a poetry lover. I don't know if anyone out there, anyone out there poetry lovers? It, it's, it's crazy. And I'm not, I'm not one to say that. I read a lot of poetry, or I'm, I'm deeply passionate about it, but it's just more so like whenever I read it, it takes me to a place. Any of you guys like feel like that? Like when you read poetry, like you're, just, you're no longer where you once were, you're kind of just, you're transported. I remember in my last year of theology, uh, when I was in university, I had to take a survey of literature course. And uh, in this course, like it has nothing to do with the Bible or, or pastoring or anything, but I just love this class because we read a lot of poetry. We read like Gerard Manley Hopkins and, and John Keats and uh, William Blake, all these just poets, and I just loved it. And I remember even growing up, I loved Shakespeare because Shakespeare is just so poetic. And uh, I just find that poetry has a way to speak to our hearts. And this week in this whole series, it, just come, it came from a line of poetry that I read uh, by a name, uh, by a man by the name of Richard Wilbur. Anyone heard of this guy? He's an American poet, and I just read one line of poetry this week, and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, this is it. Like, I, I got a series we're going to speak for the next number of weeks. Uh, it's just inspiration comes from so many different places. And, and as I was looking up Wilbur, he had a quote this week I want to read to you because I just think it's so elegant. This is how he describes poetry. He says, writing poetry is talking to oneself, yet it is a mode of talking to oneself in which self disappears, and the product is something that, though may not be for everyone, it is about everybody. So in essence, what he's saying, he's saying poetry is like a deeply personal thing, and, and when he writes it, it's for himself, but what he realizes is that, is that although it is for himself, after, uh, after it is like on paper, it's for everyone. And that's what I love about poetry. And so this whole series, uh, I'm going to read us a line. I'm really teeing up this line of poetry because it's just so good. But this is where the series came from. And this is written by Richard uh, Wilbur. And he just said this. It's super simple. He said, I die of thirst here at the fountainside. I die of thirst here at the fountainside. When I read that, I was like, wow. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that is so deep. Like, I'm working on my own poem, Ode to Christy. But it's not, <laughs> Christy's my wife. It's not quite... 
It's not quite as elegant as Wilbur, but he says, I die of thirst here at, this fa- at the fountainside. And, and when I read that this week, like my mind just went in like a million different directions because like, I'm not sure if you guys can see it, but this line is absolutely rich in irony, right? It's ironic for someone to die of thirst when there is a fountain right there. And as I read that, I was like, okay, like, and just my mind, how my mind goes sometimes, like it just takes like a word or a line, and I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because as I read this line, I die of thirst here at the fountainside, I began to wonder to myself and think to myself, I wonder if there are people who are dying of thirst when water is readily available. When water is readily available. You see, uh, there's, there's a thing here in the Bible, the Bible often speaks about spiritual thirst and spiritual water. And when the Bible talks about spiritual water, it's this idea of, of a relationship and a connection with God. The Bible promises us living water. Jesus promises living water. And is this, this, it's this flow of, of a relationship with God and it is something that does not run dry. The Bible speaks of spiritual water, but I think every single one of us in this room, we understand literal water, Right? Every one of us knows that we need water to survive. I was reading this week, we can survive without food for like, some people say 30 days, 40 days, even longer, but you cannot survive without water more than like three, four, five days. Like water is vital in order for us to survive, in order for us to live. And so one thing I realized this week is the biggest difference I think between literal water and spiritual water, and I'm gonna unpack spiritual water more, but I think one of the biggest differences is that when we are literally thirsty, We know it. But when we are spiritually thirsty, oftentimes it's harder to distinguish. Like, we all know when we're literally thirsty. I'm not sure about you guys, but like, and this was before the apocalypse of this last week, but we were sleeping with our window open, and uh, and we don't have air conditioning. I'm not sure it makes a difference, but like in the mornings when I wake up, like my mouth is so dry. Anyone like that in their house? And it's like, it's not like so dry. It's like, I'm not sure I'm going to survive another minute. Like, I wake up, and, like, I don't want to gross you guys out. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure, like, what's on my lips and my mouth. Like, it literally feels like I'm just, like, I'm dying. And I have this routine every single morning, no matter what it is. Um, Christy, she's a nurse, and so she usually wakes up earlier than me. I'm a pastor, so my shift work is very flexible. (laughs) And so we have this routine where she wakes up, and (laughs) I'll roll over, and, like, I don't even need, like, Instructions. I know exactly what to do. I roll over. I'm like half asleep. I can barely even function. I go to my water bottle. And in fact, I didn't bring this as a prop, but it's here. And this is the exact water bottle by my bed every single morning. I get it. And I just like, <laughs> and like, and like, I just chug it. And like, I, this wasn't planned. I'm going to tell you guys right now. But like in really good mornings, like if Christy's up and she's by my bedside, like I'll be like, Chris, just please like feed it to me. Like just, <laughs> I was like, I can't move. And she's in kids right now. She doesn't know I'm telling you guys this story. <laughs> Like, I'll literally be like, Chris, just like, put it in my mouth. Like, I'm dying. <laughs> but you see, what I'm, what I'm trying to illustrate is I think that when we are literally thirsty, we know it, yeah. right? Like, it's easy to distinguish when we are thirsty. There are signs that our mouths are dry. We, we feel crusty, whatever it is. And we know that if we do not quench that thirst, we will actually and literally die. The reason that I wanted to preach this series and the reason that this line of poetry spoke uh, just so deeply to me is because I began to wonder how many of us are actually dying of thirst and we don't even know it. How many of us are thirsty? How many of us need a drink and we have no idea? You see, the biggest difference between spiritual water and literal water is that when we are literally thirsty, we know it, but I wonder if we're spiritually thirsty 
here this morning. And so what I want to do over the next number of weeks, this is sort of just an introduction this morning, but I want us to leave this series feeling refreshed. Feeling refreshed. The same way that I feel in the morning when Christy brings that water close to my mouth. I want us to have that exact same feeling from being here over the next number of weeks. I want us to be refreshed. My prayer and my hope is that no one leave this place thirsty. No one leave this fountainside thirsty. What we're going to be doing this morning, we're going to be in the book of Revelation. And uh, for a lot of people, when you hear that book, it can kind of scare you. Some people have bad history with Revelation. Uh, there's a whole lot of, uh, if you ever read it, there's symbols. And, and really, most of the book is very symbolic. There's dragons, there's beasts, there's scrolls. You're like, I think I've played this video game before. But it is very symbolic, and a lot of people get scared of it, but there's nothing really to be scared of. And I'm not going to go into every single symbol this morning, but what I want you guys to know is the actual, just the whole uh, purpose of Revelation. And the whole purpose of the book is to show and to declare that Jesus is victorious, that Jesus wins. When I describe Revelation to people, they say, what's Revelation? I say, Jesus wins. That's the book right there in a nutshell. That's all you really need to know. And so some people get nervous, but there's nothing to be nervous about because one thing that I've realized is like, and I've read Revelation before, but as I look at our world right now, I'm like, man, you know what's more scary than the beasts in Revelation? It's the reality of our world. I see schools getting shot up. I see fires. I think we all see fires. And just there's things in our world, we see division and we see dissension and our world is so actually scary that Revelation doesn't look so scary anymore. But the beauty of Revelation, I find, is that at the end of Revelation, what it tells us is that God loves the world so much, Jesus loves the world so much, he's not going to leave it in this condition. He's not done yet. It's not over. Someone say, it's not over. It's not over. We're going back to Easter here. It's not over. And that's the beauty of the book of Revelation. And what we were doing this morning, I want to be in Revelation chapter 22. And Revelation chapter 22, it is a vision. Someone say vision. There's a man by the name of John. He's one of the disciples of Jesus. And John is the one who actually wrote this book. And John, for the most of this book, like he's in vision. Like how many of you guys have seen That's So Raven? Yeah. Anyone seen that show? It's kind of a little bit older, right? Imagine like, like that's John as he's writing this book. Like he's got a vision. And uh, <laughs> he writes this book and he writes down a vision. And so there's an angel. He says, write down exactly what you're seeing. And so in Revelation verse 22, chapter 1, John writes down this. He says, Then an angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. With a fresh crop each month, the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Now, again, this is a very symbolic picture that John is painting. But what I want to see and what I want to take from it, I just want us to look at that water. It says there was a river of the water of life. And what we see here is that that water of life is flowing from where? Where is it flowing from? The throne. the throne of God. The water of life flows from the throne of God. And so here, and this is going to be the basis and the outline of our series that I want us to understand. What this is saying is that when it comes to life, when it comes to the water that we need, it comes from God. You see, when we are literally thirsty, we know where our water comes from. But when we are spiritually thirsty, what I want us to understand is that the only remedy to our spiritual thirst is God. 
It's the only remedy. And I know that like we live in Canada, and this is very unpopular for me to say, but I'm going to say it because we're in church. Jesus is the only answer to our thirst. I hope you guys are okay with that. Because I know in Canada, we've got to be very politically correct and say, no, the crystals are okay, and no, Buddha is okay. I'm saying it right now. Jesus is the only answer to our thirst. And that is the vision that John gets. He says, it's so interesting, this angel shows him a vision. He says, write it down. He says, people need to understand that the only way that we can ever be quenched from our thirst is if we drink from the river of the water that comes from the throne of God. You see, I have a belief that we have a God-shaped hole in our lives. We have a God-shaped hole in our hearts because God is the one who has created us. We are created to be in relationship with them. Anyone who's in a relationship who has someone that they love, whether it's a kid, a family member, you know what it is like when that relationship is severed. Maybe when your kids go off to college or when they're no longer there. There's literally a hole in your life, like something is missing, right? And that's the picture the Bible paints. The Bible says that God is to be in union with us, and when we do not have him, there is something in our lives that is missing, And what happens when that thing in our life is missing, we become thirsty. We become thirsty. We become thirsty. And he says the only way, the only answer for our thirst is Jesus. And this is so interesting because we live specifically here in Canada, like everything is so technologically advanced, right? Like we we literally have the, the, the history of the world in our pockets on our phones, Right? People have gone to the moon. I was thinking, like, man, we have machines where we can literally see inside of us. Like, we have all of these things. We have, we're, we're connected more than ever, and we're just so smart. We've been to the moon. I think we, got, we don't really think about that sometimes. Like, we've been to the moon, and we've done so much as people, but what I've realized is that as smart as we are as people, as much as we have done as people, a lot of times you can be really smart, but you can still not know the things you actually need to know. You can still miss out on that which is most important. And I think that's what's happened with our society because we have all of these things. Like, and I began to wonder to myself, how in a place where we live, specifically in Canada, that is more affluent than the majority of people, how in a place like this is suicide rate so high? How is depression so high? How is anxiety so high? How come so many people are lonely? How can we have everything yet still be thirsty? How can we still be thirsty? And so what I want to do in this series is I want to begin to give us an answer for this question. How can I quench that thirst? How can I fill that God-shaped hole in my life? I believe that there is nothing in this material world that can quench our thirst. The only answer is Jesus. The only answer is Jesus. And so the, the, the vision goes on in Revelation 22, verse 17. Now we're skipping ahead. John says this. He says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. We're going to spend the rest of our morning in in this verse right here. And so we're going to unpack it. And so if there's some things you don't get right away, it's okay. We're going to get there. But the part I want to start at is this. He says, let anyone who desires come. Here's the first thing is acknowledging every single one of us have a desire. Every single one of us have a desire. And so the beauty of this invitation is it's for everyone, and we're going to dig deeper into that. But here's the thing, friends. I think for so many of us, 
In our lives, we have this hole, we have this thing, and we don't quite know how to fill it. We think maybe our jobs will fulfill it, maybe more money will fulfill it, maybe another relationship will fulfill it, but there is just something in our lives that is not being filled, and what I believe is that the only answer is Jesus. And I wonder if there's someone here this morning, you're frustrated because you're a solutions person. Like you feel like there's a problem in my life, but I can't quite figure out how to, how to, how to complete this problem. I can't figure out the answer. I'm here this morning to give you the answer. Because I'm a solutions guy. Christy and I we went to an escape room this week. And uh, anyone been to an escape room before? Yeah. And like escape rooms are fun and all, but like I'm a solutions guy and I want to know the answer. And so escape rooms can really turn from fun to like anger very fast. <laughs> and like I'm also very competitive. And so it was like a, the, just a perfect storm. And so it wasn't just an escape room. It was Christy and I versus another couple. Whenever other couples come in, like we've got to tell them we're the best couple. And so, like, the competition is, like, the first one to finish, the escape room wins. And, uh, like, I had a long day. Like, the smoke was bringing me down. And so when we got there, I wasn't really into it. But as soon as the thing starts, like, I'm just into it. And, uh, but what happens is, like, we're starting, and the first clue is, like, this really simple and stupid thing. But we could not get it. We couldn't get it. And the thing about this escape room is, like, we were able to see the progress of the people beside us. <laughs> so every time they did something, like, a little light went off. And like, so this like little light went off and like we hadn't done anything yet. And so like, I, this is just me because I'm a solutions person. I just got so mad and I had to keep it in because my wife, like she's so soft and, and beautiful. And I know that if I explode like I want to, she'll just cry and we'll never get out of this escape room. <laughs> but I'm a solutions person and we ended up losing and so it sucked. But, <laughs> but I, just, I just know I think intrinsically as us, as people, I think we like solutions, right? And I just wonder if there are people here who have problems and the problem is that you're thirsty. And so I want to give us a solution this morning. And the solution is so simple. It may just, it may just seem like almost just, just too simple, but the solution is simply Jesus. The problem is a thirst that we have in our lives. It's a God-shaped hole. The solution is Jesus. The solution is, that's my first point. The solution is Jesus. And now, I know it sounds very simple because it is simple. We're not going to leave it there. I'm not going to say, band, come up here, we're done. I could. You see, I think a lot of us, we know that the answer is Jesus. I think we long for something. I believe people that even, people that do not go to church, people that do not have even a walk with God, I believe that they know intrinsically, whether it's Jesus or something else, all of us long for something more. All of us feel it. People are thirsty. We are so thirsty. And I think that, like I said, our society just shows how thirsty people are when we have everything, yet we're still in need. The solution is Jesus. What I want to do this morning is I want us to actually understand how can I have Jesus in my life? How can I quench this thirst? Because I don't want to just leave us and say the answer is Jesus, go home, be gone. I want to show us how to practically do that. You see, although the answer is Jesus, I believe that we live in a time where it can be harder than ever to access that which is right by us. Right? I die of thirst here at the fountainside. Because I think when it comes to the world that we live in, we live in the world of the immediate. We're like, I want immediate results. I want to see my ROI right now. But we, and we live in the world, and you guys know what it's like. You guys have got social media. Social media is so immediate. Instagram. It's instant, right? It's instant gratification. We post that picture. We know as soon as we post it, people are going to like it. Maybe if I show a little bit more of myself, like, I'll get that fire emoji, and I'll get the big hearty eyes, and it just feels good. Right? It's instant. I, I can instantly do it. I can instantly 
feel gratified. And we, <laughs> I think one of the reasons that people, don't, that people don't want to exercise is because when we exercise, we don't always see immediate results, right? We're all... <laughs> It's church. We're honest here at church, right? I think that, and this is just a belief I have, like, if exercise, if every time we went, like, we could actually, like, literally see something, like, melting, like, like, like oh my, we would all do it, right? Because things that are instant, we get that instant gratification. That's why social media is so big. That's why things that are instant, skip the dishes, whatever it may be, instant gratification. But what I've realized, and one thing I want to say to us, I, I just feel like uh, for so many of us, we're so attached to things that come fast, but what I felt God speak to me this week is that which comes easiest is also easiest to leave. It's also easiest to, to move on from, right? And I think we all know this because as great as that like feels on Instagram, if that satisfied us forever, we'd never post the next picture. But we need to keep feeding it. We need to keep feeding it. Jesus has come, anyone who is thirsty. The thing about Jesus is that I do not believe that Jesus offers us instant gratification. He doesn't offer us just a temporary result, a temporary resolution. What Jesus offers is eternal. It's forever. It's a peace that passes all understanding. But that which is eternal, the path to get there is often longer. It's harder. It's going to take more dedication. I say to people all the time when it, when it comes to spirituality, I was like, you just got to start. But what happens is so many of us start, and then we stop. It's like I read my Bible once, on Monday, and I felt good on Monday. I might even Instagrammed it, like me and my coffee and my devotion. And we do it once, but what happens is we stop short. Because we feel good for that second, and so we feel, we feel, we feel like we had a drink, but then we stop. For some of us, we come to church once. And I believe this wholeheartedly. We exist for people that do not come to church. That's our purpose. That's our mission statement. We want to be a church for people who don't go to church and want to come to church. And I know that there are so many people who have come here and they have left fulfilled. I talk to people, they're like, man, like I just, something happened. I felt different when I was there. And I'll tell you this, I'll tell you why you feel the way you do when you're here. It's because you're thirsty and when you are here, you are getting a drink. You're getting that which you desperately need. But what happens for so many of us is like we do something once and it's like, I hope that's going to last me forever. <laughs> right? I come to church once. A week. I read my Bible once, but what happens if we're not doing something continually and constantly, we will eventually be thirsty. We'll be thirsty. Don't stop short. It's a process. You see, God's desire for us is eternal. It's not just for today. It's for every day. It's a peace that passes all understanding. You see, I think for a lot of us, and I speak to so many people, they're like, well, why, you know, why, I'm like, why do you guys stop doing it? And they're like, well, I just don't have time. I don't, I, don't, I don't really have time to, to read my Bible. I don't really have time to come to church once a week. I just don't have time. But I'll say this. When you are literally thirsty, you will make time. Yeah. Because you know without it, you're going to die. And so here it is. The problem is not time. The problem is priorities. The problem is priorities. I, I read another quote. I'm a quotes guy this week. I read this a few months ago, and it just stuck out to me. He said, that which matters most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And I, it, just, it just blew my mind when I read this quote because I realized in my life I'd sacrificed that which matters most so many times for things that don't really matter. Right? It's amazing how many of us will trade tomorrow's blessings because of today's problems. Right? You see, God's blessing is eternal. What God, the plan for his life is eternal. But for so many of us, it's like, man, I'm so busy today. 
I have so much things I have to do today. And so what happens is we trade it. But things that matter most must never be at the mercy of that which matters least. It's about priorities. I'll explain it like this. Uh, a few months back, I told you guys, shout out to Lael, that I started intermittent fasting for a little bit. If any of you guys were here, remember that story, anyone? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's that? Here's the story. <laughs> so I did it for a while. And uh, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't that hard. Basically what I did is I would only eat between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. The rest of the time you're fasting. And uh, I did it for a while, but I just recently stopped like a week ago. And one of the reasons I stopped was like, although this diet was easy for me to do, I didn't find it difficult. One thing that was happening is that between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m., the very end of the fast, I was hungry, like super hungry. And so what happened is I also realized that for myself, my most productive hours of my day were between 8 and 12 p.m., just how my brain functions. Everyone's different, right? That's like when I write my sermons. That's when I do things of importance. And so what was happening was that in my prime time of doing stuff, of pumping things out, I was super, super hungry. And so I realized that my hunger was impeding my, my things, what I had to do, my work. And so what I felt like I had to do is I had to sacrifice inter Mitten fasting. And the reason that I sacrificed it is because what I realized is my productivity was more important than a six-pack. <laughs> now understand this. I'm not saying exercise is not important because it is. But what I came to realize is that there are healthy things that I can do that have to not affect that which is most important, which is my productivity in this example. You see, for so many of us, I'm not saying that we need to stop because I know some, I, I, like, I work. I'm not saying we have to stop working. Like, I'm going to quit my job and read the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we can never use these things as an excuse for that which is most important because so many of us do this. And what happens is we push that which is important for that which is immediate, and we become thirsty. We become thirsty. We become thirsty. And I think the reason this quote spoke so much to me this idea of I die at thirst here by the fountainside is that we live in a time like never before where everything is at the tips of our fingers. A relationship with God is easier than ever. You don't have time. Yes, you do. If you drive more than five minutes to work, you have time because of technology. You can put on a sermon. You can put on a podcast. You can listen to a devotion, whatever it may be. If you have kids, when you take them to the park when they're playing, listen to something. Technology is amazing. It's a fountain, but so many of us will die at the fountainside because, like, I don't have time. I just, I don't have time, and what happens is so many of us are thirsty. So many of us are longing for more. There is no excuse. There's no excuse. My hope, my prayer in this series is we push excuses to the side, and we say, I'm not going to die of thirst. I'm going to take, I'm going to grasp that which is right in front of me. This water that flows from the throne of God it's there for everyone. Revelation 22 again, in verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, let anyone who hears this say, Come, let anyone who is thirsty come. Here's what I want us to see. In the New Testament, and specifically here in the book of Revelation, the bride is symbolic for the church. And so what this is saying, we sang this in the song that Noah led us in, the Spirit and the bride say, Come. What this is saying is that when it comes to this water that is readily available, the job of the church, and that's the capital C church, everyone who is a believer of Jesus, the job is to let other people know 
that there is water available to them. That is our job. So listen, this is the point. It's super simple. Our message as a church is to say, come. This water, it is for everyone. Someone shout everyone. Everyone. It's for everyone. It's crazy because I think that as a people and as a society, we're more divided than ever. Right? Like I, I read the news, I go on social media, and I see division. I see like men and women against each other. I see black and white against each other. And as a society and as a culture, and I think that the trick of the enemy is, is division. Right? Like we can break people up. Like some people, this is only for certain people. But what I love about what this is saying, he's saying, come. He's saying this water that Jesus has is for everyone. It's for everyone. And I, I, I'm not sure if you guys have this, have this picture of church, but for me, I had this picture of church, and, and I'm sure other people have it, where it's like, you know what? Church is only for church people. It's only for those from that background. It's only for those people who, who, who grew up in this. But what Jesus is saying, what Revelation is saying, is saying this is for everyone. Because get this, if we are human, we have one thing in common. We are all thirsty. Every single one of us is thirsty. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you're black, it doesn't matter if you're white, it doesn't matter if you're male, it doesn't matter if you're female, it doesn't matter what you are, every single one of us get thirsty. And so what he is saying, he's saying, this is for everyone. And I'm speaking about Kingdom Church for a second. I hope you guys know this. I know I said it already, but our church is for everyone. There is no one that this church is not for. I, people all the time, I'm, I'm kind of younger in case you haven't noticed my dashing good looks. <laughs> But people ask me all the time, and they say, you know what, your church, like you're kind of younger, is it only for young people? And I'm like, no. Because young, old, it doesn't matter. We all get thirsty. We all need Jesus. It, it does not matter. The Bible says, let everyone who is thirsty, let anyone who desires come. We exist for those who are thirsty. Now get this, in this series, if you're a Christian, if you're sitting here right now saying to yourself, you know what, I don't actually feel that thirsty. Like, I feel good. Well, guess what? Your job is to find someone in your life that is dying of thirst and bring them to the fountain. How selfish of us to be filled in a pool and to let others die when it's just right there. It's just right around the corner. Every single week we try our best to, we're doing coffee outside. We want people to know that walk by this place, hey, we're open, we're welcome. If they don't come in, that's fine. But we will never, ever say, you know what, they're not coming, so we're not going to worry about them. Because that invitation will always be there. Because we're open, because we realize that this is a fountain. People are thirsty. We need this. And so I want to encourage you in this series, if you have someone in your life, a coworker, a friend, and you know they're thirsty, you know that there's a hole in their heart that cannot be filled by anything else, we want to encourage you, bring them here. Bring them next week. We don't want anyone dying of thirst. We don't want anyone dying of thirst. And so in this story, he says, let anyone who is thirsty come and drink. And, and I told you at the very start, and we're, we're going to close now. Prince, if you can come up and play keys. Uh, no, we're not going to sing a closing song. Prince, but come play keys for us. <laughs> at the start, I told you in the book of Revelation, it's very symbolic. It's about the future. What I love about the book of Revelation, the Bible in general, is that our hope is not just for tomorrow. It's not just for the future. It's not just for when we get to heaven. Our hope is for today. It's for today as well. And so in the book of John... Chapter 4, I want to close here. Jesus is speaking to a woman. And he's speaking to a woman who herself, she was thirsty. She was spiritually thirsty. And the Bible lets us know that she was looking for love. She was looking for hope in all the wrong places. 
And so what happens is she ends up thirsty. And so Jesus comes and he speaks to her in John chapter 4. And he says this, and he's speaking of literal water for a second. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. This is what we talked about. If we're sitting out here thinking to ourselves, I have a solution. I can figure out something else. I'm just going to fill my heart with more people, with more friends, with more relationships, with more drugs, with more sex, whatever it is. If we continue to do that, we will inevitably and eventually be thirsty again. But what Jesus says is everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But he says, whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Listen to this, friends. I'm going to close on this. The water that Jesus offers, Jesus is a solution to our thirst. The water that he offers is an eternal solution. It's not a temporary fix. It's not a quick hit. It's an eternal solution. And so I want to encourage every single one of us in this room, let's drink from that which is eternal. Let's drink from that which will offer us hope today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. I'm just going to ask us to stand as a church. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. You will find everything that you need and so much more. We can't wait to see you again. Take care.